Everyone has a divine purpose. Each of us has a unique path to fulfill that purpose. When we walk our path and find our purpose, we enjoy complete life fulfillment. Welcome to Your Best Version Radio, a program designed to help you find your unique divine path to fulfill your life's purpose. Your Best Version Radio is hosted by David Porter. David has more than 30 years experience representing, coaching, and supporting individuals and businesses to find and live their most unique purpose. So sit back and enjoy today's episode of Your Best Version Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Your Best Version. My name is David Porter. It's awesome to have you here with us today as we talk about don't be a critic. Wow, don't be a critic. Something that all of us at various times in our life fall into a trap of being a critic. We are either a critic to other people or we are a critic to ourselves. And so today we're going to discuss the least productive and most destructive role we can play, and that is the role of the critic. I think it's interesting that in so many different media outlets, we talk about the critic. We have the TV critic. We have the book critic. We have the restaurant critic. We have the food critic. We have all of these different people who critique what other people do. And in many cases, the person who takes on the role of the critic can't produce the very thing that they are critiquing. Now, sometimes I will have to admit there are people that play the role of critic who can actually produce the thing they are critiquing. My observation is that the person who can actually produce and who is actually producing is much less likely to play the role of critic than the person who actually can't produce what it is they're critiquing and so find some way to, in many cases, tear down the person who is actually producing. And because of that, we face a monumental problem within ourselves, not only in dealing with ourselves, but in the relationships that we have in the community in which we produce. And so the problem that we deal with is that you have a burning desire to let others know how things are falling short in what they are doing to feed an obsession to show yourself superior. In almost every case, the person who is acting the role of the critic is doing so to show how smart they are. They're not doing what they're doing to be able to build up and make the person being critiqued better. They're doing it because they get to write an article or they get to do a podcast or they get to do a a blog or they get to do some sort of piece that shows how smart they are because they understand how the person they are critiquing is not doing the things that they should do, how they are falling short. Now, before we jump into this, there may be some of you that are saying, well, but David, don't you do that in your uh, podcast every episode? You tear people down. You're being a critic. And 
I can understand why you would think that. And I appreciate if somebody, some of you have had that thought as we begin this episode. Here is the truth of the matter. This podcast is not designed to be critical or be a critic of anyone. This podcast is designed based upon the path that I have walked, the challenges that I have faced, and in every case, the things that I talk about on this podcast are things that I struggle with every day. So this is not a podcast of, I am good, you are bad. I can do this, you can't. Gosh, if you only had me in your ear all the time, you would be better at doing what you are doing in this particular area. That is not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about somebody who has walked a path to find and continues to try to find his five-star version. And so what I am doing in this podcast is not critiquing that, that you're somehow falling short. What I'm doing is helping you understand how I fell short and the things that I did to continue to work, to get past falling short, get back to the mark, find the path to my purpose, to my five-star version. But, it's a, but it can be a fine line, and I totally understand that. But I am not here to tell you what you're doing is wrong, and I'm not here to tell you that you are falling short. What I'm here to do is to sensitize you and to open the opportunity for you to see where you might have a chance to improve your being and your doing on your path to your five-star version. So the problem of having a burning desire to let others know how they are falling short, to feed an obsession, to show yourself superior, really shows up in four different ways. First, you incorrectly believe that tearing other people down elevates you. I heard many years ago the story of the crab basket. Every fisherman that that catches crab knows that you cannot leave a single crab in a basket by itself without a lid on it because the crab will climb out of the basket and will get away. However, if you put two or more crabs in the same basket, you don't have to put a lid on it because every time a crab tries to climb out, other crabs will pull them back in. That's the role of a critic. A critic looks around and says, who is it that is making their way out of the crab basket and what can I do to pull them back in so that they stay with the rest of us and don't find a better version of themselves? Tearing other people down does not elevate you. It only tears other people down. Number two, you feel empowered when you can critique. Every time I have read a book review, or a food critic, or whomever. Even when the review is relatively positive, there is always an element of the critique, of the review, where the writer, the broadcaster, the blogger, the whatever, always inserts how much they know about the particular thing they are critiquing. And it's because of that more than superior place of knowledge that they are able to tell all of us why somebody maybe isn't as good as they think they are. So they feel empowered to critique the person that they are reviewing. Number three, you strive for perfection 
and rant when others fail to do the same. We've talked in previous episodes, and I will confirm for you that we will talk about this in future episodes, this idea of progress versus perfection. Many strive for perfection. And in fact, in my mind, everyone strives for perfection at certain points and for certain things in their life. And when you're striving for perfection, you will find opportunities where other people are not being perfect and you will find a way to critique them and to be a critic. That's how the pro- that's the third way that the problem finds its way into our world. Number 4, the way the problem shows up is you speak to and about yourself like no one else. And this is one that I have been challenged with my entire adult life. I speak about myself. My self-talk in my own mind is some of the most brutal conversations that I am ever a part of. Maybe, I'm I'm not even going to say maybe, it is the most brutal conversation that goes on in my world. I am meaner and more destructive to myself than anyone else I would ever consider talking to. And the sad part for me and something that I have to continually work on is the person who sits in second place of the worst conversations to have with me about things is my wife. And occasionally, because everybody needs to hear this, she will remind me that perhaps I need to think of a better way uh, and a better mechanism to talk with her about the issues about which we discuss. But I am brutal about my, I am brutal to myself. And I would guess that most of you are brutal to yourselves too. And that's, that manifests itself in the problem we face of having a burning desire to let others know how they are falling short. Because we do a really good job of telling ourselves how we're falling short. And we just want to share all of that terrible conversation with other people. And I say that with my tongue buried deeply in my cheek. We are brutal in that that brutality that we that we have with ourselves is it finds its way out into the conversations that we have with those around us, mostly those around us whom we whom we care about. And isn't that an interesting uh, dynamic that we do that with people who we care about the most. When we talk about the critic, what we're really doing is talking about the person who sits outside the arena. Later on in the second part of this episode, we're going to talk in our Make It Stick segment. We're going to talk about having you go find a very famous speech from President Theodore Roosevelt. President Roosevelt, in the early part of the 20th century, gave a speech in which part of it was called the man in the arena. Now, don't get hung up on the fact that he said the man in the arena. Today, that would be the person in the arena. Focus more on the message rather than the gender identification from the early part of the 20th century. At its core, what Roosevelt talked about was The person in the arena is the one who matters, and the critic is irrelevant. And the reason the critic is irrelevant is because the person in the arena is the one who suffers the challenges 
of actually being in the arena. They suffer the risk of failure so that they can pursue victory. Because you can't win at anything unless you're willing to risk losing. And the man in the arena, the person in the arena, always risks loss in pursuit of victory. And they are the ones who are bloodied. They are the ones who are exhausted. They are the ones that lay on the ground in the dust as they strive for that victory, that doing what it is that they have identified is the thing they want to do. And I would have you consider that when you make the decision, and you'll make this decision many, many times throughout your career and throughout all the dimensions of your life, throughout all the years of your adult living, you will make the decision to move into the arena. You will make the decision to be the person who is going to risk failure for the great victory of finding your path, pursuing your purpose, and making your five-star version. And so after the break, we're going to come back and we're going to dig into the possibility of how we can move our own self-critic to the side and focus on the true path coming from being a consistent producer. We'll be back in a minute. Your Best Version Radio is underwritten in part by the Beam Lighthouse Recovery Community Center. The Beam is a nonprofit resource for people who are struggling with addiction and other health challenges. The Beam connects with kids, adults, and veterans to give them an outlet to a faith based environment where they can feel a sense of community and support. The Beam is located on the Bagnell Dam Strip at 1371C Bagnell Dam Boulevard. Go to The Beam's website at thebeamlighthouse.org to learn more and connect with them as support for yourself or to volunteer to support The Beam's mission and those it serves. Thinking about your kid's life if you're gone is never easy, yet it may be the most important thing you do for your family. Hi, I'm David Porter with Porter Law in Lake Ozark. It's time to stop thinking and start doing, and it's simpler than you think. Visit MaintainYourVoice.com for free resources. Your kids deserve it. I'm David Porter with Porter Law, from problem to solution. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements. All right, folks, welcome back. Glad you're with us today. My name is David Porter, and this is Your Best Version Radio. Today, we are talking about don't be a critic. We're taking on a role that many of us, in fact, all of us at times, take on when it comes to either those people around us, 
or ourselves. And we get into this place of critiquing what we are doing and what we are not doing. And we do it in a way that is incredibly destructive to our ability to find our path, to our purpose, to our five-star version. In the first part of this segment, we talked about the problem. And the problem is that you have a burning desire to let others know how they are falling short, to feed an obsession to show yourself superior. One of the things that I love in uh, some of the things I've learned is uh, most people don't understand and don't know, although many do, that if you are a fisherman and you fish for crabs, that you do not have to put a lid on a crab basket if there are two crabs in the basket. If you only have one crab and you put the crab in a basket, you have to put a lid on it because the crab will crawl out and get away. But if you have two or more crabs in the basket, you do not need to put a lid on it because if any crab decides to take the initiative and crawl up the side of the basket to get out, other crabs will pull them back in. And I think this is a beautiful analogy of what a critic is. What a critic does is looks at the person who is the producer and if they think that the producer is doing too much, if they think the producer is having too much success, if the producer is having more success than they are, they will find themselves moving into the critic role in the hopes of pulling them back into the crab basket. When you find yourself, I'm going to tell you this now, we'll probably talk about it again later on in the episode, but when you find yourself having conversations with people who are doing very well in their life and your conversation is about pulling them back to where they used to be, I would have you be very careful that you have not found your way into the critic's seat. Are you critiquing them so that you can pull them back into the crab basket and they can be with you because you're not growing as fast as you want to grow? If that's the case, I would have you consider critiquing your friend or colleague is an incredibly detrimental thing and you should stop. You should encourage them because the other side of the coin could happen. Rather than you pulling them back into the crab basket when they try to climb out, there's every possibility that they may turn around as they're climbing out and lend you a hand and pull you with them. Don't be a critic just to pull people back where you feel comfortable with them. And so with that, let's talk a little about a little bit about the possibility. What is the possibility in this in this critic discussion? And the possibility is you know the critic is irrelevant and your true path is from being a consistent producer. Notice I didn't say a perfect producer. I said a consistent producer. And I want to start with this idea of irrelevance. Critics are irrelevant. Somebody who's very close to you, someone who has been with you on your path, they are not being a critic if they offer suggestions on how you can do better. That's not being a critic. Anybody who is not producing, and this is who you're going to find are most of the critics, they're irrelevant because they're not producing. They're not doing what they say you should do. And then you understand that your true path is from being a consistent producer, not fulfilling what the critics are selling, selling you to do, but simply being consistent in the things that you have set out for yourself 
on your path to your purpose to your five-star version. So let's talk about the four ways this possibility manifests itself on the other side of the chasm. And number one is others' results have zero effect on you. This is a part of the possibility that allows you to step away from self-criticism. Because self-criticism is a product of comparison, of looking at other people's outcomes, other people's results, other people's fruit, and then comparing it to yours and then beginning the process of critique. And critique often then evolves into or devolves into criticism. When you understand and can accept and make a core part of your being the idea that others' results have zero effect on you, you don't have to be a critic. You are walking your path. You are pursuing your purpose. And you are desiring to find your five-star version. All three of those things are unique to you and have nothing to do with the path, purpose, or version that someone else is pursuing. Number two. Helping others helps you produce more. So this goes back to our crab conversation. This goes back to our crab basket conversation. Your greatest possibility is that as you're crawling out of the crab basket and someone reaches to pull you back in, you turn around to help pull them out. You help other people find their path. You help other people define their purpose. And you encourage them each step along the way as they pursue their five-star version. Again, their results don't affect yours. They don't affect you. This is not a zero-sum game. Every time someone else wins does not mean that you lose. What it truly means is every time someone wins... The tide gets raised and you have a better opportunity to succeed in the work that you are doing. So number two is helping others helps you produce more. The third element of the possibility is your focus is on your progress, not perfection. I will say this probably in half or more of the episodes of your best version because it's so critical and it's such a freeing experience when you can take perfection and put it over to the side and just let it observe what's going on. Because when you pursue perfection, it is so debilitating. It is so maddening and it's so tiring because you never get there. It doesn't matter how hard you work or what it is you do, you never get there. And in most cases, you never launch because you never get to perfection. Oh, if I could just do this a little better. Oh, if I could just speak a little better. Oh, if I could just write a little better. Let me tell you, let me use a personal example. If I was pursuing perfection in the ability to produce a radio show and a podcast, you would have never heard a version of your, of your best version radio. You would have never heard an episode of this radio show because it is far from perfect. Yet everybody's been very benevolent in not pointing out the things that I perhaps don't do as well as others. But the truth is, I know that this program isn't perfect. I know that every episode has flaws in it. Yet what I'm trying to do is simply make each episode 
a little better than the last one. And that's true on the technical side. That's true on the content side. All of those things come, come into play to create an episode of this radio show. It will never be perfect. Ever, ever, ever. And I know that. But it can be better each time we fire up the microphone and put another episode out for you all to enjoy. So your focus is on your progress, not perfection. And number four in the possibility, and this really is a hand in glove with number three, is that you grant yourself grace and mercy. Again, it's really, really easy for all of us to find the flaws in the things that we do and the flaws in the things that we don't do. It's very simple for us to continue to beat ourselves up that we're not doing X, Y, and Z. And because of that, what we are putting out in the work that we do in our homes, in our fitness, and in our faith, and our family, and our focus, that we're not perfect. We're not doing everything we're supposed to do. We lose our temper at our children. We speak in a way that is unproductive with our spouse. We don't take the time in our faith to really center ourselves on our God. We don't go to church as often as we feel we should. We take all of these flaws and we can heap them on top of ourselves and make ourselves feel like a failure. The possibility we're talking about in this moving away from being a critic is that you grant yourself grace and mercy. Grace that perhaps there is a reason why you did or didn't do something that you thought you should. It doesn't mean you're going to give yourself an excuse, but you're going to give yourself grace that says next time do that. Rather than, well, you didn't do that and so there's no way you can succeed. Because if you can't do that this time, you'll never be able to do it. Or give ourselves mercy. You know, not doing this was a real problem. Not doing this really hampered our ability to move forward. Yet when we give ourselves mercy, we give ourselves the ability to redeem ourselves. Just like God redeems us, we can redeem ourselves. We can see that the next time this comes to pass... I can handle it differently. If I lose my temper at my children, I can find a way to not do that the next time. So a possibility is you know that the critic is irrelevant and your true path is from being a consistent producer. And the four elements of that possibility are you understand that others' results have zero effect on you. Second, helping others helps you produce more. Third, your focus on your progress and not on your perfection. And fourth, you grant yourself grace and mercy. Those are the things that keep you from being a critic of either others or yourself. So we're at the bottom of the hour break. When we come back on the coming up on the backside of the hour, we're going to talk about the mindsets and the skill sets that are necessary for you to get rid of this critic within your mind so that you have a cleaner path to your purpose and your five-star version. We'll see you after the break. 